Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. My name is Jim Mayer, and as your host, I am thrilled to present to you an individual who is nothing short of a virtuoso in marketing, a dynamo in the manufacturing realm, and an ardent father when he clocks out of the professional world. Please join me in welcoming Mr. John Buglino. John's illustrious career began in the vibrant city of New York, where he was part of New York Community Bank Corp. This was the springboard that propelled him into becoming a marketing tour de force. His career path saw him creating immense value at esteemed organizations like ISIMS and Hermetic Solutions Group. His expertise is not limited to marketing automation. He is also a maestro at establishing relationships with titans in the industry fine-tuning business strategies, and radiating an energy that is both infectious and invigorating. Currently, as a Director of Sales and Marketing at Uptessa, John is at the forefront of revolutionizing manufacturing through AI-driven solutions. Uptessa is not just any company. It is a powerhouse in manufacturing optimization, trusted by top players globally and in a league with behemoths like Deloitte and Tech Mahindra. At Optessa, they are innovating supply chain sequencing and optimization, assisting a myriad of industries in reaching their pinnacle of productivity. Steering the ship of Optessa's marketing and sales efforts is none other than our distinguished guest, John. In his professional career, John boasts an unparalleled portfolio in demand generation, lead generation, B2B marketing, and quintessentially customer relationship management. His accolades don't end here. Outside the confines of the corporate world, he excels as a devoted father and has a knack for cultivating meaningful conversations, particularly in software manufacturing and supply chain management. Colleagues of John vouch for his authenticity, camaraderie, and mentorship. He's a guiding light, an ally, and most importantly, a beacon of genuine character. His prowess in cultivating relationships, unearthing opportunities, and bolstering business growth is a testament to his sterling leadership. Listeners, fasten your seatbelts as we embark on an odyssey teeming with ingenuity, marketing triumphs, and invaluable insights into the art of relationship building and company culture. I present to you an engaging and insightful conversation with the marketing virtuoso, John Buglino. Hello, John. Welcome to the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. So excited to have you on today. How's your day going? It's going well, Jim. I appreciate the opportunity and the absolutely amazing introduction there. This is fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That could be one of my favorite parts of this. I mean, I love, uh, you know, having a platform where people tell stories about company culture and and things of that nature. But the research and the the writing of those intros is maybe the most fun because I get to use really exciting words to describe people, and that's a lot of fun for me. So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed yours. Uh, and and again, welcome to the show. And it's an honor. Awesome. Awesome. So, John, um, tell us a little bit more about Optessa. Uh, how many employees uh, are there total? How many report through you? Uh, what do you guys really do uh, there to, to help the manufacturing world? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, Optessa is. A company that first started the ideation was that back in 2001 and our first customer, we've been in live use with our first customer and still in use with that customer since 2002. Wow. And the company, That's a long time. it is an absolutely long time. It's, it's attributed to the success is attributed to the, to the individuals at the company and the leadership and what they're doing day in and day out uh, to cultivate. Um, amazing team members and individuals that they bring to work with these outstanding clients. The company, as we sit today, is around 62 employees, full-time employees around the world. We're headquartered out of Edmonton, Canada. I sit out of the uh, Hazlitt, New Jersey office, and we also have a wonderful team out of Goa, India, supporting our client base, uh, which is now global or has been global for multiple years. We're going into almost two decades of uh, being a global 
Wow. Uh, servicing clients globally for over two decades as well. Wow. And that's impressive. It's it's absolutely impressive. It's one of the main reasons why I wanted to join the company was yeah. its deep deep roots, its uh, adaptability to withstand the ups and the downs, uh, you know, going from <laughs> 2002 to today over the last, you know, two decades, you know, there's been a lot of things happening. And when you look at our client base, there's a lot of things that hit them as well. Yeah. So it's just a testament to what this company is doing and, and how we're helping our clients. That's awesome. That's awesome. So John, when did you start at Uptessa? So I started at Uptessa in February of 2020. And (laughs) right before the wheels fell off, you absolutely nailed it. Um, (laughs) So that's exactly what it was. And I joined uh, February 10th to be exact. And within what a month and a day, my CEO called the team in New Jersey to a room and said, we're going to take a break for a little while and we're all going to go home for a little bit, but we'll be back. And that break was longer than expected, um, as we all know. And it, really was eye-opening, right? That whole situation. Uh, the other piece of it, going back to the culture, was I joined Uptessa for the culture. I joined it for the camaraderie. I joined it for uh, a staff that would come to the office and be there, not only as support, but also to kind of build on, you know, what I had in other other companies, right? Uh, yeah. A team of people that wanted to be there, uh, vibrant um, staff, uh, exciting product, and day in, day out, we would just be, you know, making changes that would impact uh, our clients in, in a positive way. Wow. And that's what I signed up for. And what I got was uh, remote, right? It was <laughs> remote. And but it also it brought people and got people out of their comfort zones, right? Because you, you now everyone had to adapt. Right. And I still think rooted in the culture, everyone still knew what they needed to do. Everyone wanted to get things done. And I was also embraced. I was also uh, trained uh, remotely by the teams. You know, I was supposed to be working with the team. So, yeah, so I had a flight at Edmonton that ultimately got canceled and we needed to have the training remotely. So I met everyone in the company outside of the New Jersey office remotely for the first two and a half years of me being with Uptessa. Wow. And that is not uncommon to what other, you know, people felt, but sure to work and be working with the team at a multiple locations without actually physically meeting them was a challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you're trying to figure out how to work with them. You're trying to understand, um, what they want to do, how they want to do it, how they work. And you're catching people at all different hours, all different times. You know, we're across uh, three different time zones or multiple time zones globally. Uh, so there's just a, a complete shift in how we had to operate um, as a company. And yeah. awesome, awesome enough, we made it through. Uh, <laughs> we excelled at it. Um, you know, different things happened. You know, different uh, teams were formed and different partnerships were formed. And, and we all excelled. And, and yeah, it's just been exciting. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, that's a little bit about the the culture beginnings for you at Uptessa. Where where is the culture now compared to then? And as a follow-up to that, where do you and and the rest of the leadership team at Uptessa want to get the culture to? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that attracted me to Uptessa again was was the culture. You know, coming from other organizations, you know, the flexibility, the ability to be able to turn off at the end of the day and and be with my family when I needed to be there and, and be available to them was really paramount to my decisions um, mm-hmm. to join up Tessa. And it was from the get-go where, honestly, the conversations I had with the team, I just wanted to make sure I had that flexibility. I wanted to make sure that I could come in, do what I need to do, turn off and be where I needed to be outside of the office. The other piece was I wanted to be supported when I was there at the office. I wanted to have clear goals, clear guidelines, and make sure that I was I understood what was expected of me and others around me. Yeah. And that's something that the team really embraced. And they said, yeah, that's absolutely what we do here. That's core to what we do. And as we kind of go through it, and I'm going into almost my fourth year at the company, you know, other things that we're working on are continuing continuing education, okay. making, making sure the team is able to get training, get certifications, 
expand on things that they're just interested in, you know, from a marketing standpoint, learning about, you know, the latest and greatest things on AI or others that want to take training on SEO or others that want to learn uh, different advanced design techniques and, sure. and other items. Like you make the recommendations and it's open and there's budget allocated towards it and everyone is welcome to uh, continue the education and the certifications and improve their skill set to then further apply it to the company, right? It's just everyone everyone wins, everyone excels, and and they embrace that and they're looking forward to that. Future and, State, go ahead. Uh, well, so my question, uh, I've been in organizations where you know, that the culture of learning uh, existed and it, you know, the, the employees really gravitated towards it. They loved it. Right. They, that's part of why they were there. Um, but I've also worked in, in organizations that uh, learning was almost a forced necessary. Right. Uh, if that makes any sense where right. there wasn't a culture built around it, but the expectations were that you were going to go and, and, uh, learn something new or build on your skill sets or expand your, your horizons. Uh, it, it sounds like Optessa's team really gravitated towards that. So it, it, am I getting that right? That you guys have that culture of learning and development? Yeah, absolutely. It's reinforcing, you know, everyone wants to uh, take different uh, paths in their career and might have different interests or, or just might be just overall, just curious. Yeah. And Sometimes there's, you know, payment or budget needed. And sometimes it's just a matter of the timing, right? <laughs> you can spend a half day or a half morning or a morning uh, doing a training event. And then you come back to the office and that's that's really how it goes. And and we work around it and the team works around it. Um, the other piece is we also share what we're doing uh, yeah. internally as a team. So if there's something that could be a common interest, others might want to join in. Uh, we also try and share as much as we can what we learn um, not only, uh, what we're doing with our clients, but also what we're doing outward. Uh, you know, we have knowledge transfer sessions or we call them KT sessions where we focus on specific topics that might be of interest to a broader audience internally to kind of showcase, uh, what we're learning or what, what we're working on, um, wow. if you will, to kind That's of, really awesome. support, you know, push that through. That's awesome. And so, uh, you know, manufacturing, I, I, I walk into a lot of shops and, uh, a lot of facilities that say that they're all about learning and development, but uh, they make their employees that they're having go through these trainings, these learning, uh, these development courses, uh, they make them do them after work or on their own time. Do you guys uh, buy into that or, or how do you handle uh, the time that it takes to, to learn a new skill or upskill uh, an employee? It does not have to be on your personal time or weekends. It can absolutely be during working hours. Wow. Um, it's it's viewed as, and if you're improving to improve the company, why not do it on company time, right? It's, Completely agree. It, and, that's, and that's exactly the message, right? And the trainings that I've taken uh, at Uptessa for my continued education um, have been during normal working hours, right? It's a, it's a course that runs from say 10 AM to two. And, you know, I schedule my meetings around that. I'm very open with the team and tell them what's happening. And then at the end of it, I'm excited to come back to the office and apply the learnings, right? Sure. I'm excited to go about it. And, you know, you can't, you can't do it every day, but if you do the trainings I've done have been uh, once a quarter. Uh, sometimes I've done them once a month or twice a quarter, things like that, mm -hmm. um, because you can't do too many because then you don't apply what you're learning. And it and it's just all noise at that point. So yeah. being able to do that and the ask of, you know, once a month, I, I talk to my, you know, to the CEO and say, I'm going to go take this course or I'm going to go learn here or I'm going to do this and I'm going to be absent for a couple hours is absolutely no no question it's 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 a yes right that's awesome and and that's not only for me but it's others in the on the team as well it's the message i give to my my team members um, that if they want to learn and and grow um, absolutely just let me know what it is let me know the time constraints and when it's going to happen and we'll work around it you know so i have a smaller team um, i have one direct report i have an intern joining me this summer 
And, you know, we're continuing to, to grow and learn and I embrace it. And that's just something that is given to me. So I pay it forward down to the team and that's, that's just awesome. how we operate. So in your role, uh, director sales and marketing, uh, how do you think that role specifically, uh, affects the company culture at Optessa and, and in turn, uh, your, uh, department's performance? Yeah. I mean, marketing, marketing itself. And when you don't have a marketing department or don't have marketing, your, your entire brand is missing its voice and your entire brand is missing its identity. Yeah. So as the director of the marketing department and my team, we are in charge of the brand, the identity, how we come across, how we're viewed, how we're spoken about behind closed doors. We are the forefront of the company, right? We yeah. are the, the voice. Um, I've been very active and have been very much tied to and been promoted on the company pages, the website, things like that. So it's almost like I'm the face and the name of the company, just like the CEO of my C-suite would be, Yeah. right? And that's just on the marketing side of it. And I make sure that the tone, the message, how we come across, how we're viewed is all consistent and what is in line with our culture and what we're looking to portray to our clients and our potential clients. From the yeah. sales side of it, it's another one where, you know, being a smaller organization and a smaller sales team, it's sales by committee, right? Everyone's jumping in, everyone's helping, everyone's looking to add to it. Everyone's looking to support when and as needed. So it's just, everyone's just working towards the common goal to go over and above for our clients and land new clients that we can then do the same. That's awesome. Um, so Aptessa is... Uh... A very innovative company. Uh, would you is, is am I correct in understanding that? Absolutely, absolutely so is. How do you think that the culture at Optessa facilitates that uh, innovation uh, and and developing the solutions that you offer to uh, the end users? Yeah the the innovation piece of it. I mean, being in a software company. At some points, there's no no idea is a bad idea, right? You want to try and see what's going to work and what can be done and what limits can we push and, and how can we make things better and, and what tests are we going to run? And that's what we need to do. And that's what we embrace. A yeah. lot of or the majority of the changes we've made to our technology is user centric, customer centric, customer obsessed, yeah. right? If, if they want, for example, it might sound silly, if they want dark mode. We will make sure our software is dark mode and has a dark mode element to it. If our client is asking us to support localization, they just want it in a language that's native to them and their users. We absolutely are going to do that. And we're going to push to make sure that it gets done. And we'll, we won't stop until it's satisfactory to that client. And that's what the team's working towards, right? That's what yeah. the team wants to do. And the latest or the most um, current that I can provide is the uh, generative AI and incorporating AI into your software. Okay. The fun fact is that AI has been in the Uptesa software for years. AI and <laughs> machine learning has been a part of the core of our solution for, I would say, on the better part of the time that we've been in existence, right? The latest flash and noise around AI is all great. But at the same time, there's companies like Uptessa that have been using and leveraging AI for years. And oh, now yeah. it's the new limit is, well, how do we in, how do we ingest and how do we utilize the latest AI to go over and above for our clients now? What does sure. that next step look like? And the team, we have an internal task force uh, related to it. We're constantly learning. We're, again, going back to the education we're attending events, we're asking our networks, we're asking other suppliers and vendors in the space what's happening. And we're learning and we're iterating and we're changing as it goes. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> my wife the other day, she works uh, in law and uh, she, her IDT department start talking about machine learning and AI and uh, as it were a, a brand new thing. And we've been married for quite some time. And so uh, just in hearing me talk about these technologies over the course of uh, our time together, she's like, 
this isn't new stuff, guys. This has been around for a while. So it, right. it's wild that ChatGPT has brought this to the surface for the layman, right? Um, right. And the the stir that it's caused. Um, that's pretty wild. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly the message that we're, we're – that was one of the first conclusions we drew as a team was this is nothing new. It's just getting – more attention at the yeah. moment and Absolutely. the utilization and the how it's applied is very basic at this sure. point in time because the ai and everything like that is all really user controlled so it's only <laughs> as good as what the user can tell it right and it's also limited by what it knows based on what's published and what's there so it's very infancy state and like we said, we, we've come to the conclusion internally is how do we work and be the finger on the pulse and, and grow with it as it matures and, and how we, can we mature with it? Sure. That makes sense. Um, so talking about, uh, I mean, you, you start off, you know, your cultural journey during uh, a massive external force, um, right? But since Optessa has been around, there have been at least one recession, maybe multiple. Uh, there's been a global pandemic. There's been a lot of external forces that have forced a lot of companies um, to change direction, pivot. Um, mm -hmm. And as you know, the the culture of an organization is is really just alignment of values between the employees and and leadership in the organization how have optessa's uh values or or and in turn then culture changed over the course of 20 years right what kind of pivots has optessa had had to make yeah it's and it's been yeah the the company and our clients has survived two recessions and we survived many ups and downs uh with different employees coming and going um, and, and, you know, employees that are no longer with us and things like that. So the company has really endured, um, and really just stuck to its roots and really just made sure that throughout it all, we continue to be just in front of our clients and with our clients at a level where it's a, it's a deeper partnership. We're part of their team. They're an extension of our team. And then when we look internally, it's might sound cliche, but it's like family oriented, right? Sure. Individuals that come to the company don't leave and don't want to leave. Like you almost feel bad. It's almost like you're, you're doing something wrong to an aunt or an uncle or a cousin. <laughs> if you do something like that's just the culture, right? Okay. And that's just how we have just been built. Right. I mean, my, myself, when I'm looking at it, outside of other directors in the company, I think the next tenure director to me, I think has nine years. So wow. there's about a five year gap um, in, in tenure. So there are individuals in the company that have been there that are their entire career have been with a Tesla and have no, no even idea of leaving. And that's just something you don't hear about, right? You hear about how many people or how many times people change careers or change roles in their careers. There are people that are here that are dedicated, that are not leaving. Um, and that's just how the company is just, it's just built. I mean, yeah. from the initial time you come in, that's what's enforced. It's, oh, here's, here's this individual over here. They've been here for 15 years and, oh, you're going to talk to this individual. They've been here for, uh, you know, since the beginning. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, wow, that's something you don't hear about. Like you have a 20 year career at, right. at a company or you're an individual that has, start at the company at a lower level, you know, maybe entry level. And now you're a senior, uh, senior specialist. And, and now you're in going into your 10th year, you know, that's wow. very, you know, the, the, the path and the, and the growth and the trajectory of your career within the company for being that size is, is phenomenal. It's unmatched uh, to what I've seen. So, it, you know, learning development innovation you know those are some things that that do keep people around but there's got to be a little bit more than just that what what else is optessa doing well to to keep people there so i mean 
it, it's really it goes back to the people. It goes back to what we're what we're trying to do the flexibility. Um, like I said, when I first started, then uh, you know a couple of weeks later we all went home, and now we're coming back to another transition period, right? And, and we're coming back to return to office. We're coming back to different uh, pieces there, and and now flexibilities, maybe moving offices and making other changes. And it's really just that open communication with the employees and making sure everyone knows what's happening, what the expectations are, uh, what where things are going, how things are going, uh, and just making sure that everyone's aligned and in lockstep with what's happening within the organization. And that that starts at the top, and it's a clear message. It's a consistent message uh, from our senior leaders down to individuals that um, are, are furthest away from the senior leaders. Yeah. So you specifically, uh, John, how, how do you ensure that your team uh, is aligned with the company's values? And, and I guess to further that, what strategies do you use to cultivate a, a sense of belonging and engagement with your, with your team? Yeah, I mean, it's consistent communication with the team. So setting up, um, you know, we have internal ways that we chat with each other. We have uh, team meetings uh, that we get together as a team on a weekly basis. We get together as a company on a quarterly basis and just make sure that everyone stays in communication with each other. Everyone is open. Um, you know, of course, we have normal like performance reviews and things like that where you you can make you know, shifts if, if people are, are changing or doing things or you want to, uh, you know, make some recommendations to, to make some changes there. But it's really that communication layer. It's making sure that I understand the, the expectations and and understand what's expected of myself and then of my team and just holding them to that high standard. Yeah. And I think that's something that is iterative. It's something that can, you know, that can change. Like I said, coming into the pandemic, no one really knew what was going to happen, right? It was, we're all going to go home for a couple of weeks and everyone's going <laughs> to come back. No one really thought of it. But then as things kind of went on and on, it was, okay, now we have to update process. Now we have to update how we're going to work, what we're going to do, how we're going to meet, how we're going to connect uh, frequencies and things like that. And it was a, it was a huge exercise in communication and, and transparency of what was, what was happening. And now we're being thrust into the you know, now what's going to happen, right? If we're changing offices or moving or um, adding new members to the team, like they have to make sure that they know what's what's expected of them and 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 put those parameters in place and enforce them. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so one thing you said, John, uh, earlier was it's it, it's like a family environment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in in your last answer, you talked about accountability. Um, I found uh, that. Sometimes in manufacturing and companies, it's hard to maintain a, a culture of accountability when people feel like family, right? It's hard to, to for a kid to hold mom accountable or grandma accountable, right? Uh, how do you guys navigate that uh, as that family feel, but still uh, cultivating that, that sense of ac- accountability as part of your culture? Yeah. And that's, that's something that's, it's unique in our situation because there's everyone's marching towards the same goal. Let's start there. So everyone's marching towards the same goals yeah. and it's not like we're in silos. Um, the only silos we're in are the different departments. The other pieces is that everyone's doing the same thing and everyone's marching towards the same goal to just be customer obsessed and make sure that we grow the company and that we take care of the, uh, take care of our clients. The okay. other piece of it is uh, making sure that in in that piece of it, when we're working on different projects, it, you're always going to have conflict, right? You're always going to have conflict. You're always going to have difference of opinions, but it's making sure that you do it in a constructive way and you do it with the end goal of, well, here's why I'm making the ask, or here's what I'm expecting, or here's what the expectations are for this project or this this need or this meeting, just to make sure everyone knows there. And like I said, there, there are conflicts um, and people's you know, get very passionate about different things and different, um, <laughs> different, different points there. But we yeah. just had to go back to that communication and making sure uh, everyone understands it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's all been rainbows and unicorns because <laughs> uh, that should be a bold faced lie. 
But at the same time, everyone gets grounded in the fact of we're all very passionate and we're all marching towards that same goal. And when these situations arise, you know, we meet as a leadership team on a consistent basis and we can surface those and we hash them out and we have a conversation about it yeah. and we don't let it stew. We don't let it escalate and we, we handle it and, and get around and, and work through it is really what we what we work towards and, and do um, as an organization. That's awesome. Let's shift gears a little bit, right? Because you're you're a customer focused, you're a B2B environment, you're you're focused on uh, servicing your customers. So how does your internal culture at Uptessa uh, influence customer relationships, their satisfaction um, through the buying cycle? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly what we look to do throughout the throughout the cycle. So from the initial meeting, when they speak with me or another member of my team, it's reinforced of how the team will operate once they become a client. Okay. And focusing on when you become our client, you have a dedicated project manager, a dedicated person to service you. There's no round robin. There's no every time you call, you're going to get a different person that you have to re-explain everything to. It's obsessed with the client to the point of this is a dedicated person. If you're having an issue, you can absolutely email them. You're also going to have their cell phone. You're also going to have a secondary email. You're going to have <laughs> training environment. You're going to have recordings. You're going to have everything you need to be self-sufficient. And if the case comes up that you don't want to do all those things, you can call, text, send a message to your dedicated team member. And that's something we do for all of our clients. The team working all marches towards being dedicated to that client. And if there's an issue that arises that, say, the individuals, the three people responsible for that client can't address, we pull the rest of the, the, the company in. We pull, pull the rest of the team in and say, we need, we need some feedback here. We need to Got understand, it. has anyone can help here? Does anyone have bandwidth to help here? Does anyone have time to go walk, you know, help me, let me walk you through something yeah. and let me see what I'm, what am I missing? And that's just what we do. Right. And, and we have, like I said, internal communication where we have channels just dedicated to uh, troubleshooting or issues that uh, need a different attention or things that we might need. Uh, additional members to jump in on just in case something happens. And that's throughout the entire process of the wonderful world of selling B2B SaaS. <laughs> you have to differentiate and differentiator is that white glove service. Sure. And that's something we, we start with and lead with on the calls because yeah. we don't want to view you as another number. We want to view you as a long-term partner. And, you know, on top of that, when we say that we have customers for two decades and commitments into the next decade, that speaks more volumes than us having an amazing software. It sure. makes the customer or the person on the other line go, wow, this is a solid company that really cares about what they do for the client. This 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 feels good, right? This feels good from the start. And it's almost like they become your cheerleader. Yeah. Right. Because they want it to work, because they want that white glove service and they want to feel appreciated. They want to feel attention. They want to you know, that's what we look to do. And that's what we try to get across first and foremost when we talk to uh, new clients. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was Richard Branson who said, uh, take care of your people and, and your people will then in turn take care of the customer. And it sounds like you guys are really uh, driving that home there. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. We, we have to. We, we have to take care of the team. Uh, that's client first or client focused. We all need to to rally um, and we really need to, you know, it, it would be really detrimental to the team if if a lead on one of our clients uh, happened to leave. It, it yeah. would have a ripple effect that we just don't want to deal with. So, you know, focusing <laughs> on making sure that they're satisfied in their roles and making sure that they have what they need, um, that you meet with them consistently to make sure everything is going well it is is absolutely uh, top of mind and needs to be taken care of. That's awesome. Um, so we, we've talked a lot about 
current present state of culture at Optessa, but we we haven't talked about what's the future, right? Where where do you guys want to get the few uh, the the culture to in the future at Optessa? Yeah, I think the the future and what we're doing now, you know, as we grow our team, you know, with landing new clients, you know, we're going to have to have uh, more individuals in different areas of the country and even the world, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be something that we're going to have to, and we will and are embracing. So it, it's something that's going to be a little bit of a shift for us, you know, and, and have us um, really embrace, you know, a, a truly global workforce, right? Yeah. Like right now we have in three siloed locations, we have a couple uh, servicing clients directly, but I, I think as the future goes, we're going to have to make sure that our culture as we grow, right? We're in this, you know, 62, you know, 60-ish um, number of people at the company. Yeah. If we go and, and bring on and and hire a lot more individuals to service clients, we have to make sure that we're consistent, that there's no lapse in the culture, that they understand what the culture's, culture is, the brand, the identity, the voice, and that they encompass everything that we're trying to do and, and everything that we are doing. Because we are looking to bring on new team members. Uh, we've been hiring new team members. We are slated to bring on a lot more uh, through the rest of this year. And, you know, we're not stopping. So it's just one thing where the more people that know the culture and 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 can articulate the culture and, ex- you know, exhibit the culture, it, it's just going to make that a lot easier for us as we bring on new team members uh, t- into the fold. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and one thing we haven't really touched touched on at all, but is such a, a vital part of uh, an organization's culture is the marketing team being able to tell that cultural story, right? So talk to us a right. little bit about, you know, your work specifically talking about that cultural journey that that Optessa has been on, how you use it to hire a, and retain the employees that you have. Yeah, I think the the, the piece of it there is i mean outwardly we want to take pictures of like group outings and dinners and lunches and all these different things like that and i think that's very you know crucial and 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 what's really needed to 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 really have that uh in-person kind of look um and and that camaraderie that could be there and i think the other the other piece from a marketing standpoint is also passing the mic in the sense of the voices in the company need to be diverse and there need to be needs to be a lot of them. So mm-hmm. it's great that my CEO, myself, and others in the company in the leadership role or director role, if you will, are speaking and are outwardly focused upon um, in, a, in, a, in the public realm of, say, like social media. But now we're starting to go even further where we're highlighting the unsung heroes behind the scenes, right? The yeah. individuals that are making sure the client uh, interfaces are working. We're making sure the individuals troubleshooting tickets um, that do happen to come in from the clients are being highlighted because those are the individuals that never get or don't get the the spotlight and they absolutely deserve it. <laughs> and that's yeah. something that I'm doing and I'm working on uh, a couple of campaigns to really highlight those, highlight those individuals. The challenge is that these individuals don't want to be in the spotlight. So right. it's putting them in a place where they feel comfortable and also making sure that we make sure that we do what we need to do to make them feel comfortable and also get them um, set up for success so that they feel comfortable to actually share uh, more information. And there's a couple individuals that are going to do this for me. And there's a couple other ones that I'm still working on, but at the (laughs) same time, that's really what we need to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a consistent voice coming from your C-suite, 100%, you need that. Yeah. But having a consistent voice from individuals behind the scenes and put bringing them and pulling them to the forefront, that's something that's immediately top of mind for me and something that I'm working on and um, will be rolling out by the end of this year for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you you just used in that answer a, a word diversity, right? So how does Optessa's culture embrace diversity, inclusion, equity, the the DEI initiatives? Yeah, I mean that's, I mean we're we're a very diverse group. Uh, you know, being that we're in three different distinct areas of the world. Um, I mean we we embrace it. Um, you know, it really it doesn't matter. Like if people hire for the roles, it it really does not matter. We want to make sure the person 
fits culturally and can do the job. That's really the only parameters. I mean, it doesn't really matter to us um, yeah. <laughs> and anything else besides that. And the, the latest in the people that we've hired recently, um, you know, just, just echo that comment, right? Like That's it awesome. doesn't matter. Like you're brought on to do a job, happy, happy to work with you. Great to be added to the team. Uh, welcome. Right. I mean, even, even myself, when I was brought on, you know, and I'm talking to, you know, the team in Edmonton, they're like, look at this guy with his Jersey accent, you know, trying to come into, you know, come into the company. And it was like, all right, so he's going to be loud. He's going to be in your face, but you know what? He's going to get things done. So no problem. And, you know, it's just a different way people work together and different way that people uh, connect and different things that way. And we, you know, look to source and and hire from all different, um, all different areas, all different schools, all different uh, backgrounds. It, it really doesn't matter, and and we're happy to do so. And um, it, everyone can can come and join the company. You know, the roles that are yeah. open. Um, you know, I'm I'm I can't wait to wait to meet my new team members. And you know, it, it's just something that I want to welcome him into the Tessa family and um, take it from there. So how do you screen for cultural fit, John? I mean, uh, that it, with such a robust culture, how do you guys ensure that that hire, uh, that candidate is going to be a, a good fit with, with what you guys have built out? Yeah, it's it goes to – so we all march towards the same goal without a micromanager or micromanagement aspect, yeah. right? So if I say I have something that's due next week and, and the team knows – that's involved or my team knows it's, it's something that's in front of us. I don't have to ask you any more than the initial request and it's going to get done. So when we're screening or when we're interviewing candidates, we want to know, can you work independently or can you work in a group? We want to know how you want to work with your immediate manager. Do you need someone to constantly give you a new task list or are you okay taking your own notes? Can you do this on your own? Um, And then when they're working, you know, making sure that they know, you know, and they feel supported, right? So it's just understanding that level of support that they need and kind of like how they want to work. Yeah. Because if you need someone over you to tell you the next thing you need to do, a test is not for you. Um, Got it. And that's blunt, but at the same time, if you have a role, like it's kind of like me asking my my boss if I should send another email or when he wants to send another email, <laughs> it's you're the director of the department, go do it. And right. you know what we need to do. The main goal is to land new clients and also nurture existing clients to make sure that they are satisfied and have everything they need. Go do it and make recommendations, understand yeah. what you need to do, get the team you need involved, be very clear on the expectations of your ask make sure that you set realistic guidelines on things, yeah. right? So if I'm interviewing someone or, or bringing someone on and they're that late night, like 2 a.m. worker, like kudos to you for you know the effort, but I don't want to work with someone that waits to the last minute. I want to work with someone that's ahead of it, that's ahead of the game. Sure. You know, I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate the effort and getting things done ahead of the deadline, but I also don't want to work with a person that waits to the absolute last minute uh, <laughs> because then you don't take any... Uh, consideration of things going wrong or any other things that could happen internally. Um, so there, there's a couple of things that come up as flags for me. Um, and that's not only me, but all this in, in the company as well. Like we yeah. understand who we want to bring on uh, to the company. That's great. So with that uh, culture of taking initiative, right, uh, often comes with uh, a culture of empowering people to fail, I guess. Right. Um, because if, if you're asking people to take initiative, inevitably there will be failures. I mean, there will be failures regardless, but especially when you're, you're saying, Hey, I don't want to have to constantly direct or micromanage you. I want you to take initiative, get things done as you feel you should. How have you guys cultivated that culture of, you know, learning from failures and, and empowering people to fail. Right. And that's, and that's one thing where, I mean, being in marketing and in sales, i make mistakes every day. Right. <laughs> and it's really how we really go about it as a company is when we make recommendations, we set soft goals, 
right? Sure. Here's what I think is going to happen. And that's how I phrase it. And it might sound very ambiguous or vague, but I, I can't predict the future. All I can say is I'm going to make this recommendation. I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And here's what I think we're going to get from it. If we do, great. If not, we're going to have to figure out what we need to change or if we need to completely just walk away from from that opportunity or that recommendation in its entirety. Yeah. And like I said, you you can't. I mean, of course, there's, you know, if there's money tied to it, then it's a little like, OK, we lost a little bit of money there or that really wasn't the best investment. But what do we get out of it? Right. So it's like fail fast or fail forward, whatever you want to say. Right. It's you don't fail. You learn. What did we learn? And that's what we really looked at document. And and that's really what we do from a company is everyone's making recommendations. We need to. We're a software company where we're uh, trying to uh, work with global clients with complex, uh, complex problems in manufacturing. We're going to have to take a lot of risk and we're going to have to take it a couple of leaps of faith here and really level set the expectations. And if it doesn't go right, understand that we didn't, it didn't go right. Own up to it. That's another yeah. piece of it. Own up to it and then figure out what we're going to learn, how we're going to, how we're going to shift uh, moving forward. And the the point I just made about owning up to it is that's probably the biggest thing within the company is just be transparent, just be sure. transparent. If something goes wrong, um, the same way you'd be transparent if something went well, right? Yep. It, it can't all be uh, amazing and and everyone's so happy. Like there's going to be downs. Um, making sure that you're able to own them and and figure out how to recover is is another piece of it. Absolutely, absolutely, I love it. Uh, so, John, you've given us so much to think about, given us so many different insights into the culture, uh, to marketing, to, to relationship building, et cetera. Um, if you had to pinpoint three initiatives that you have implemented to improve the culture or, or that has been implemented and, and improve the culture at Optesa, what would those three be? Yeah, I think one of them would be employee advocacy. So making sure everyone aligns to enhancing and embracing and showcasing our brands on their channels in sure. their networks and making sure everyone rallies behind that cause another one would be making sure to hire and support those that are hiring from a culture standpoint to make sure that we're making the right decisions with individuals that we're bringing in as the company's looking to grow and add new people uh to the mix um, and I think the last initiative or thing from a, you know, culture standpoint is making sure we stay rooted in that culture and making sure, sure that whenever we're wavering, we always just reset and make sure that we all go back to that common piece of it of what is rooted with the company. What are we looking to do and reinforcing that message if it's wavering with anyone working in the company or if someone has any questions or doubts or things are you know not going well like reinforcing uh what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it so making sure we have the employees advocating for the company and enhancing and embracing that voice uh making sure we support and we bring on people that also can enhance our culture uh, for the hiring and also making sure we reinforce when people are uh looking for guidance and, and need additional support when it comes to uh, embracing that culture. Wow. I love it. I love it. Uh, John, what are some parting thoughts that you have for the, the, the listeners uh, today? Any, anything that you want to share and literally anything that's on your mind uh, in relation to culture or marketing or building relationships? Yeah, I think the the one piece that I really go back to when it comes to culture is and I don't want to make it about anything else that might be out there, but you really have to work with a company that has a solid culture and mm -hmm. one that you really feel that you can embrace and be a part of. And like I said, it's an unpopular opinion, but, you know, you know, people don't leave, um, you know, you have to feel valued in, in, in your, in your role day in and day out. Yeah. And you have to really, when you're looking for a new role, Ask them about the culture. Ask them questions 
yeah, you ask him about the money, the location, the hours. That's great. Ask him what they love about the company. Ask them how many people have been hired. Ask them the turnover rate. Ask them about the top things that they love about that company and what would other people say about it and really vet the company for what the company is, not the title, the flash and the money. Yeah, that's really what the end of the day. And if you're listening to this and you know, you're, you're questioning it, lean into that. You have to make sure you're working with a company that you can fully embrace and support. Yeah. And that's what you really have to work on. I love that. That's, that's, I, I mean, the old axiom, right? People don't leave bad companies. They leave bad cultures or bad leadership, absolutely. right? So absolutely. I, I love it, John. Thank you. Uh, and thank you very much for, for joining me today and, and having this conversation. Uh, I, I thought this was mind blowing. I told you before we started recording that I take notes. Uh, I took two full pages of notes today. Um, so Thank you very much for all the insights uh, and, and the view into Optessa. Couldn't couldn't thank you enough. Jim, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's a lot of fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was a roller coaster ride, for lack of a better term, uh, of insights and wisdom for John. Uh, my mind is literally buzzing. Uh, like I said, I took two pages of notes uh, with the revelations that John shared. Um, from diving into the incredible wild start at Uptessa to unraveling the fabric of company culture and its impact on innovation. We've been through a literal labyrinth of what it takes to be at the forefront of the manufacturing industry. And let's not forget the, the nuggets he gave us on leadership, <clears throat> the importance of fostering uh, relationships and and the real life examples of how a thriving company culture can be the wind beneath the uh, uh, the company's wings. This episode was an eye opener in so many ways, and I hope you're leaving as inspired and and enlightened uh, as I am. Before we sign off, I want to remind you to check out manufacturingculturepodcast.com for more conversations, insights, and Coming soon, some exclusive behind-the-scenes looks uh, at what makes uh, the manufacturing world tick. Uh, if this episode resonated with you, or if you think that someone in your circle would benefit from hearing it, don't hesitate to share it with your friends, colleagues, boss, family. Uh, and, and if you enjoyed this episode uh, and our time together today, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us keep the wheels turning and bringing you the creme de la creme of the manufacturing world. So thank you very much for tuning in to the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. As always, have a great day and keep making things. 